Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the Wealth Accelerator podcast. It's Hunter Lauer here. I'm a financial advisor with Sierra Ridge Wealth Management in Sacramento, California. And really, my goal for you and the reason that I do this podcast is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. And if you want help creating that legacy that you dream of, reaching your financial goals, building a roadmap to ensure that we're going to get there in the most efficient manner possible, then make sure to schedule a call on my personal calendar. You can go to hunterlowry.com and jump on there. I would love to talk with you and help you out. So we haven't talked about this in a little while, but I wanted to bring it back up. I've been working with some clients on this and been getting some questions with them. So figured it was a good time to readdress this. And it's not the most fun thing in the world to talk about. It's one of I, I believe the most important things in the world and everybody needs it. Uh, maybe not everybody. Everybody who has had an insurable event needs it. And that's a ton of people. But the number one is life insurance. And that's what we're going to cover today. The second thing, which we won't cover today, but I've said a million times is you need a trust or a will mandatory. No questions asked. Got to get it done. If you haven't yet schedule an appointment with an estate planning attorney today, got to have it. So if you didn't hear the episode a while back, uh, I recorded an episode, episode, I think it was, oh man, it was called like, don't skip these steps back in January or early February. But a client of mine had a husband pass away, no trust or a will, no life insurance, nothing. And they actually had just become clients when this happened. It was so out of the blue. I was traveling in Tucson to meet with clients and do our semi-annual reviews. And I got a phone call that he had passed away. We hadn't even finished filling out paperwork to just get their accounts moved over. It was so sudden, but his wife was so, so unfortunate. She was left with bills, loans, outstanding investments that did not have updated beneficiaries, no insurance policies. It's really, really a sad deal that we're still working through. But anyways, everybody wants their family to be protected, right? I don't know anyone who wouldn't want their families to be in a healthy financial place if, God forbid, something were to happen to them. And that's the whole reason why life insurance exists. When, not if, you're going to pass away, you want your loved ones to be able to grieve, to do what's natural for people when they lose a loved one. Not worrying about if they're going to have to sell their home, how they're going to pay for funeral expenses, how much they're going to have to cut down on their current lifestyle to just continue to provide for the family. Those aren't the things that you want your family to be thinking. So the question then becomes, how much insurance do I need and what kind should I get? Those are the two most important life insurance questions. And there's two main options that we can choose from. So there's term policies and there's permanent policies. And I want to talk about both today just so you have a good understanding of how they both function and, and when you can use either one. 
And we could talk about all the differences and all the bells and whistles and what you can build with permanent policies, but I want to try to keep it simple for you here. Probably this is going to be something I'll go into a little bit more detail on the YouTube channel I was talking to you guys about last episode, which again, if you haven't, go check it out. It's called the Wealth Accelerator channel, but it's easier to see these numbers and understand this concept a little bit more if you're seeing it in front of you on a screen. So probably a video that I'll be making here soon. So anyways, Here's the main difference between a term policy and a permanent policy. There's basically just three things. Number one is the length of coverage. Number two is the cost. Number three is the cash value buildup. So let's start with the term policy because it's just simple. To me, it's like going to In-N-Out Burger. It's very simple. It's quick. You know exactly what you're going to get every time. And for those of you who aren't on the West Coast and have never had In-N-Out Burger, I am so sorry. It is the best place in the whole world. I went there way too much when I was in college. Oh, man. There was one right up the road from where I went to school. Seriously, only like five minutes away. And I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe it was the first one ever built. If not, it was one of the first few um, down in Southern California, just outside of LA. It, the, at the in and outs down there, a lot of them, they don't even have places you can sit inside. They're so old and just never changed. It's kind of cool. They have two different drive-through alleys. So they, oh my goodness, they pump out so many burgers, but there's nowhere to actually go inside and sit down. You just keep it moving. But again, if you haven't been to In-N-Out Burger, you basically just pick two things. You go up to the window, you can pick how many patties do you want and do you want cheese? Other than that, everything else is just standard and already set up. It's so easy. And personally, I tend to go for the four by four. That's kind of my guilty pleasure fast food. <laughs> but that's all you have to decide. It's so simple, so easy. Same thing for term policies. You only pick two things. How long do you want the policy to last and how high of a death benefit would you like? The longer you want the policy to last and the higher the death benefit, the more expensive the policy is going to be. That's it. That's all there is to it. So let's say you want a million dollar death benefit and you want coverage for 30 years. Then if you pass away during that 30 year period, your beneficiary will receive the million dollar death benefit from the insurance company. But if you live 31 years, that million dollar death benefit is gone. Your beneficiaries are not going to receive anything. Now, the reason people utilize term policies is Again, number one, they're very cheap, very cost effective, especially if you start them early on and you're in good shape and you're young, you can get coverage for a very, very low cost. The second reason that people choose term policies is the amount of time that they set the term to last. Normally by the time that coverage no longer exists, that person's self-insured by then, meaning that your assets you have built up, you're going to be able to cover all those expenses and the loss of income. So there you have it. That's a term policy in a nutshell. Clear, simple, that's it. Now determining the length of time for coverage that you need and the amount of coverage, that depends on your life. Depends on what your income is, what your family situation is like, a few different factors, but it's an easy number to get to. Now in contrast to the term policies, we have permanent policies, which I can't think of a uh, contrast to the most complicated restaurant off the top of my head. But I, I mean, you can imagine you've been to those restaurants where they have literally everything on the menu. You can order the combo plate in 37 different ways, substitute 14 different sides. And then on top, you can add 11 different desserts. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the permanent policy. Not in a bad way. Sometimes those places have good food, but it's harder to understand it and it's not for everybody. So what can we choose here? Do you want to have a cash value component? 
how would you like it to grow? Do you want a zero floor where you can't lose, but also be capped on the upside? Do you want full market exposure? Do you want premiums to be fixed? Do you want premiums to be flexible? Do you want to add riders? I mean, you could see how this could get pretty intense pretty quick. And it's pretty funny, you know, the word permanent insurance or whole life insurance, it's almost taboo. Like you hear that word and some people just want to slam the door and just run away and say some bad words at you. And then other people think it's the ninth wonder of the world and that you're crazy if you don't utilize them. And I mean, I get it why people do not like them. I mean, number one, Dave Ramsey will call you a brick if you called into his show and asked him what you what his thoughts were about buying a whole life policy. <laughs> And it is true, depending on how they're structured, some insurance agents can make huge commissions off those products. So, I mean, they've gotten a bad rap and it's understandable if you're not working with somebody that's going to be 100% transparent with you and make sure that you understand everything that you're getting into. And I understand why Dave Ramsey says that also. I mean, he speaks to a large general audience, most of which are working on getting out of debt and starting from step one. And for those people, term policies are definitely better. But... For some people, and I'm going to say this again, some people, the permanent play actually does make sense, but it's all dependent on plan design. And I'm not throwing this information out there for you to just run out and buy a whole life policy tonight, but I just want to give you some facts and some insight into how these policies actually work. So the best way in my mind to make these work is to have them designed in a way where you're putting the max amount of cash possible into the policy for that set death benefit. That way the cash value bid builds up quickly and you're gonna have more cash value in the policy than the premiums that you actually put in in a much quicker manner. As opposed to sometimes the policies are written to where it might take 12, 14, 16 years before your cash value is greater than the premiums put in. Now, the nice thing about this cash value is it has three great components that a lot of other investments might not have. Number one, it's liquid. Number two, it's safe. Number three, it's tax-free, which, shoot, those all three of those things, you go up to any investor and you tell them you can give them those three components and they're going to jump out of their seats and just run to their checkbooks. <laughs> But the way that I like to structure these for clients so that it makes sense is to utilize them as almost a personal bank account that's going to perform way better than a savings account, but also not face the entirety of market fluctuations. If we create this policy to have a zero floor where it can't lose when the market drops, but you're capped on the upside, then we're able to be way more aggressive in the equity markets when we know a portion of your investment is protected. Also, you can pull money out as a loan against the cash value of the policy whenever you like. Now, it is a loan and it does take on interest that you either need to pay back or the death benefit is going to decrease. But that money is tax-free as long as we don't trigger a modified endowment contract or we don't let the policy lapse, which that's way more detail than we need to get into here for this episode, but just something to be aware of. If somebody tells you that they're always tax-free, well, it's under certain conditions. <laughs> so you have to be careful there. But it really can work as almost a personal bank account for you to pay for some goals or to be used as an estate planning tool that you have the death benefit where it's never going to expire. Again, although this is not a good fit for everyone, at the end of the day, this life insurance thing is something that you cannot live without. As long as someone is depending on your income, whether it's a spouse, a child, a relative, not not a dog, but <laughs> whoever else it is, if someone depends on you and your income to live their life, you need a policy. It's that simple. How much you need and what kind of policy you need, that's going to change person to person. But 
please do not wait to get this done. Be ahead of it, especially because, again, the earlier you get it, the cheaper it is. So hopefully that makes sense. I know we kind of blew through the permanent policy stuff pretty quick. There's so much you can get into there that it's not worth it to do in one small short episode here, which is why I'm probably going to do the YouTube video about it. It'll make a lot more sense there, but just want you to be aware of some of the ways that those tools can be used. And if you'd like any help going over your portfolio, working on reaching your goals, making sure that you're set up the correct way to achieve your goals in the most efficient manner, make sure you head over to my website at hunterlowry.com. You can schedule a call right on my personal calendar. I'd love to chat with you and help you out. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.